So Dan, I heard you and the guys were doing some Pathfinder the other day. How was it? Uh, it was pretty great, Kim. In fact, the game went smoother than ever. Ah, uh, you had good players, I assume. Oh god, no. It was the usual gang of miscreants. But the battles went pretty fast, and the adventure was smooth sailing. How was that? It was with a few new RPG goodies we got from Roll for Initiative. We got this new dice tower with the initiative tracker. It's got this awesome idea that uses magnetic pieces in these two team colors. So we roll on the red, and we all knew exactly when we were going to go, because it's huge and displayed right in front of us. And the best part? It's on dry erase. So there's not all these like, little shreds of paper for all the monsters and everything just laying around the table when we were done. That sounds great, but didn't the giant maps get in your way? Not even a little bit. You see, we use these new dry erase dungeon tiles that Roll for Initiative has too, so the GM had everything ready. Like, nobody was waiting around for him to draw maps and, like, knocking over their miniatures and having to keep moving phones and everything. In fact, he had them all ready to go before the adventure and was just laying them out. And they come in two different sizes, like the 5x5s, so when we were going, like, down the little tunnels and everything, he was breaking out those. And then when he broke out these three giant 10x10 tiles, we knew we were in the sweet spot. We were hunting a dragon. He had to be in that room. But it was great because we didn't see it beforehand because he didn't have pieces of paper all over a big, ugly map. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, but it also sounds kind of pricey. Actually, the prices are pretty amazing. You see, you can get anything from individual tiles and like clothing, battle mats, and more. You know, uh, in fact, Roll for Initiative even has this awesome Dungeon Master special. And this thing is crazy. You get like the dice tower with that initiative tracker. You get the DM screens. You get even a pack of the dungeon tiles. You even get three dry erase markers. Because when we first got ours, we were like, oh, we got to make sure we swing by Staples on the way home to buy some dry erase markers. Not with this. And what's crazy is you get 120 polyhedral dice. So if you're starting up a brand new group, or if you want to play at like, your local game store and you think people are going to swipe some of your D20s, this thing is awesome, and the best part, it's $59.99, which is basically like what any supplement book is nowadays. Now, I know that might sound a little pricey. What's awesome? If you use promo code MFGCAST, you're going to get 10% off your whole order. So you just go to RollForInitiative.com. That's Roll, the number four, Initiative.com, and use that promo code MFGCAST in the checkout screen, and you're going to save 10% off your order. But you got to remember, Kim, it's good until December 1st. So if you want to do some Christmas shopping and get some people those RPG goodies, you better do it quick. This episode of the MFG cast is sponsored by BattleBards. BattleBards is your premium tabletop audio for your RPGs, tabletop games, etc. From sound effects to monster scapes. Soundscapes. <laughs> to scripts and languages. If it's passage y'all be seeking, it won't be comfortable. Or oh, cheap. Go, Dasik, Bikil, Sariv, Shartleg, Nomeno, Munthrek, Sariapskile. And last but not least, incredible musical scores.
But not only can you get this great fantasy audio, but you can get something free from the MFG Cast with coupon codes. Use the MFG Cast code MFGCast1 when buying the $10 and $25 packages and get the Soul Forging score music. And get the score music Dwarf Temple, the Soul Forging. Use the code MFGCast2 when buying your $50 and $100 packages to receive five free tracks, including I Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, The Soundscape Dungeon, Dungeon of Lost, Inhabited, The NPC Script, Armor Smith, Steel and Silk, and Sound Effect, Short Bow, Arrow Barrage. And lastly, with using your MFGCast3 code for the $150 and $300 packages, you get a total of 10 tracks, which is one full album, including the score, Dark Elf City, Morning Doer, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, the Monsterscape, Common Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, and Entertaining at Home, the Racial Language, Orcish, or Brood Lashes Out, and End the Soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. Use those codes to not only get wonderful BattleBards music, but to get something free from us. And get your MF game on. And now, back to the show. This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, another episode. This one we're going to be talking about board game stuffage. So if you don't like it, turn it off. I'm just kidding. Keep it on. Listen to it, you son of a bitch. Um, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to let the person that came up with this kind of talk about what we're going to be talking about today uh, before we get into the now I'm playing. So Kim, tell us about what our subject is for today. Okay, so basically our subject for today would be how aesthetics of a game could determine if people will play it or not. Okay. So what extent what are what are aesthetics? Aesthetics is basically like the artwork of the game and like the thematics of the game. Like that could actually okay. hinder people from playing games. Gotcha. Perfect. That is a good explanation. I'm gonna go on Twitter and delete what I thought we were talking about and <laughs> <laughs> And we'll really talk about what we thought. Hey, I can roll with a bunch of people, so we'll do this. All right, but before we get into that, let's talk about what we're now playing. Uh, Dan, since you haven't been talking for two seconds, why don't you talk well, for a little bit? Before anything, you sure you don't want to do hacky Halloween voices since every other podcast on Earth? Oh, God. I'm so we did one Halloween podcast. That is enough. You know what I think is funny is that everybody does that every year, and, and I, I get it. Halloween is a fun time, but it's like, you know what? After you do one halloween episode on a podcast i think you don't have to do it anymore let's listen to this uh so my favorite joke on earth is uh a pirate goes into a bar with a steering wheel down his pants and oh, the bartender geez. goes is that a steering wheel down your pants and the pirate goes yar it drives me nuts <laughs> <laughs> now every time i he's tell telling a dad joke and he's not even a dad that's crazy <laughs> now 
every time I tell that joke, it's never for who I'm telling it to. It's for me. <laughs> and I kind of feel like those Halloween podcasts are kind of like that. When it's like, hello, boys and ghouls. It's like, yeah, uh, I remember the Crypt Keeper doing that like in 88. You Please don't. You know? <laughs> so anywho's, one of the things that I've been playing recently is this awesome new deck building game that came out very recently called Clank. Ooh, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm not going to get too into it because we only got like a game or two in so far. But it's kind of like this new evolution of deck builders where you're actually doing a board game in addition to the deck builder. So it's kind of like you're playing two games at the same time. And I love how it's no longer just, I buy this card, it's two victory points. I buy this card, it's three victory points. Like This game is using your deck as well as components from the board for your score. It's a deck builder where you can get killed off. Nice. You know, that like never happens in any deck builders and stuff like oh, that. Never. That's awesome. But yeah, it's very cool ideas. What's really cool is there's um, two ways that you can die. You can die above ground and below ground. If you die below ground, that's it. Like, you're just forgotten. People, The townspeople forgot you. If you die above ground and you have treasure, they basically, like, help you and... I don't know if they resurrect you, but, like... They like praise you, and then you score how many victory points still. But oh, that's that's nice. That that sounds like <laughs> that just sounds like the opposite of what would usually happen. Yeah. You play a role playing game, the first thing you do is die. I loot that dead person. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's now it says like that they help you out. What I really think it is is that some villager is kicking your corpse into a canyon <laughs> and taking all your shit and starting to like you know well, <laughs> like picking up where you left off. Well, <laughs> actually, if you think about it, because also if you die above ground and you have no treasure, that's it. You don't score any points because the people don't care about you. Yeah, you're not just a like hero. Real life. So <laughs> I think <laughs> you're not worth looting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They take your gold coins, but the treasure you don't have any. But, um, so, uh, I got to play that, and also, um, I played, uh, Shadows Over Camelot again recently. Nice. And it was fascinating because it was the first time I've ever seen our buddy George livid <laughs> in a game. Now, you've heard tons of episodes of our old show. George is always upbeat and happy. Like, he actually wanted to punch somebody by the end of this game. <laughs> because, um, if you never played it, Shadows Over Camelot is... You know, it's a, a co-op, like, you versus the game. Mm -hmm. But it is just brutal, and something terrible happens every turn, but you don't necessarily do something every turn. Like, you might just move, and that's it. And then, you know, like, or you, like, you're like, oh, let me flip over one card. You know, we'll take a small disaster. And you flip over that card, it's like, draw three more disaster cards. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know? We actually barely survived. Like, we, we won by one sword. The whole thing is, at the end of the game, you need more light swords than dark swords. Okay. And even though uh, we won, George was like, wow, that was great. And then just slid the game over to our friend Mike and goes, you own this now. Bye. And just left. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I've never seen it before. I've known this guy for about three or four years now. No matter what game we've played. He's always been like, all right, cool, let's do it. I'm sure, why not? People attack him in games. And he's like, yeah, that's fine, let's go, whatever. You want to attack me, go nuts. This game made him just live. Yeah. It was just great. Bro just broke him inside. 
Yeah, like it's kind of like hearing Mr. Rogers drop f bombs. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like when you see that Casey Kasem video of him just yelling at somebody. You're like, oh my god, he actually doesn't. <laughs> you are a human after all. Yeah, so. Shaggy isn't just a stoner, <laughs> right? And um, and also uh, last thing that I haven't gotten to play yet, but I'm looking forward to this week is Seafall. Nice. Because uh, I see everyone posting pictures online of the cards that they have to destroy, and people are losing their shit as always. Oh, you know, it seems stupid to buy a game just to rip it up. <laughs> you know, by that logic, it's stupid to buy a hamburger just to eat it, Kurt. That's just yeah, wasting yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like one of my, uh, like a comedian, he's like talking about like not drinking wine because of the eventual headache, you know? He's like, I can't eat the apple because eventually it'll be a core. Mitch you know? Hedberg. <laughs> yes. I love exactly. Mitch Hedberg. Man, I love rice. It's the only thing you can eat 2,000 of in one sitting. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's yeah. Um, actually at our Extra Life events, which uh, our guys at the local place, the game room in Woodbridge, we had a phenomenal day, man. It was a great turnout. Tons of awesome people really helped make it even better than last year. And one of the patrons there actually donated a copy of Seafall with the metal coins. And I think that thing raised over like a hundred bucks in uh, in donations alone for the raffles that we were doing. So that was super awesome. Yeah. I I will take a minute to say well done, guys, because holy shit. I mean, just just kicked kicked ass that day and the fact the fact that you guys raised almost nine grand in one day that's not no, not nine grand we raised or nine hundred sorry <laughs> Jesus i don't know numbers yeah i was gonna say because yeah you say that and people are like oh my god they stole eight thousand dollars those assholes <laughs> they, they, they took it out of the cash register no um no like a game place would ever have that much money um <laughs> But no, the fact that you guys were able to make that much in one day for your local game store to be that cool to, you know, let this happen and it's just it's beyond amazing. So I tip my hat off to you guys. Thanks so much, man. And one other side bonus was uh, a friend of ours' birthday was that day, so we surprised him with cake, and uh, he had like sixty singer, uh, strangers singing happy birthday to him because we told everyone, "Hey, we got brownies and cookies and cake, and you don't get any if you don't sing." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Next thing you know, happy birthday! Everyone's in it. So. Yeah, it was very awesome. Yeah, it's a, just by you know you you had a little video towards the end or whatever. It just seemed like everybody just was you know having a great time. So yeah, that's what it's all about more than anything. You know, as long as everybody has a cool time. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great day. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So what about you? What were you playing, Kim? With you, okay. <laughs> um, so recently, and this is also another game we'll bring up. Uh, with the topic, but I just want to note that we played Islebound. I've played it two-player, and I've played it three-player. I've heard, like, sometimes games two-player, like, if it's usually, it, sometimes people say, like, three or more is better. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people say that two two-player game is not that great, because it, it's basically almost like a area control game, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also do like actions, and you gotta pay to go to different spots on the on the map. And you think that if it's only two player, you wouldn't be so like you wouldn't attack each other mostly. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like okay, yeah, just don't bother and just go wherever you want. But the fact that certain places have really cool actions 
And if you don't want to either spend the gold or use the crew member, you'd want to get it. And I found that with the two-player game, I would attack Dan just as much as when we played it three-player, where I would attack Dan and we also, I took over uh, John's uh, area too. Nice. So it's like, it's like for me, I think that game, you can play two or three player, it's still enjoyable. But again, that's me, because I know sometimes people just like, they don't really like the two player games, but yeah. I thought Islebound was a really good two, three players, four players. And yeah. um, one little bonus of the game is, uh, it's a Ryan Loudcap game, Red Raven Games. <laughs> All the Sea Crew, uh, you flip them over and they have a variant play of them for um, above and below. Nice. So I'll be getting that soon. <laughs> yeah, it's oh we're saving it up for it at least. I love that idea, and god damn it, is it like it's the best and worst thing at the same time? Because oh like, yeah, you get much more out of your games. Now I want that game too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you don't have to have this for this, but here you go. <laughs> like oh damn you. Oh sorry. <laughs> um, She's like yeah man. Now I want to play that too. Yeah. <laughs> she just leaves. Um, also, uh, another thing we played was. It's not House on Haunted Hill. It's House... Oh, Betrayal of the House of Hill. Yep. What is it called again? Betrayal, betrayal the of, of the House of Haunted Hill. Or, wait. Betrayal at the... Ah, God, now you got no! it. Betrayal I knew it, I knew it until hill, you guys right? got all screwed up. I, What's that? Betrayal at the House on the Hill, I believe. Yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah, because I got confused with the movie. That's why I was thinking of the movie with because uh, the movie is the game, which is the movie, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Plus, that's, that's too long of a title. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people just call it betrayal. Yeah, so exactly. We'll just call it betrayal. Um, so we played betrayal uh, with our friend Mike, and he actually got the expansion that just came out. Nice. We didn't get a scenario in the expansions, but we did get some of the tiles, and it was pretty cool how. They added a new symbol, the dumbwaiter. Yeah, it's like, it's a new way of getting around in the house. Nice. You can go to, and there's also now like a roof, I think. Yeah, they have a roof now, nice. which is actually pretty cool. That's cool. So, I remember, I played it, we played it a few times with one of our friends. The only problem was, every time we always played with her, she knew the manual like the back of her hand. Wow. She memorized everything. So whenever she would play, she knew what what to trigger. Wow. So that didn't even seem like fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I remember there was yeah, there was a one time where somebody else was a betrayer and it's like Vine starts and she's like, Oh I know what we gotta do. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let him like having a, sentence. It's like having an oracle. You make nothing fun. Get out yeah, of here. Right? <laughs> but uh so we did this one and it was basically a dragon comes. And he had one of the things that needed to destroy it. And I was like, Okay, this is cool, we could do this. All I needed to do was get to the basement, and for the life of me, I could not get to the basement. Dan goes, he goes into the mystic elevator. And gets into the basement. I'm like, alright, I'm screwed. Because now the dragon's chasing me. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, so you know what? I guess I'll just, like, punch Mike in the face. So I go after his character. But it's too late, I already die. And for some reason, we couldn't figure out how to kill the, the uh, creature. Because when we look in the rule book, it just says that if you defeat the monster... 
It mm. like you add like plus two to his defense or something like that. But um. Yeah, it was like so. It was kind of funny because we both misread something. Mm-hmm. Mike was the the monster, and he misread how many hit points the dragon has. Like he thought it was like you have to beat a certain amount of times. Yeah. And it's basically like the dragon has like the number of players like you know times two or something. Yeah. We misread our part because we thought like it's notes that this armor will help you, the shield will help you, the spear will help you. We thought you had to get all three. And I already just happened to have the spear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, screw it. Since Kim died, I'll just go die too. I attack Mike and I blasted him for like 15 damage. And he's like, um, okay. And he looks in the book and goes, well, there's no way I can stop that. So you win. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, neat. It was the only time we had a game, an entire game of betrayal last like 18 minutes. It was very finish. short, and the house oh. wasn't really completed. Yeah, there was like nine rooms. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it was it was really fun. It was like one of the one of the only times I actually had fun playing Betrayal. And then we figured to go along with the the Halloween type theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played Hit Z Road. Nice. Okay, so you've, you've another game. That. Another game I super want to play. Oh, it's so it's actually if you think about it, it's easy. Mm-hmm. frustrating and really quick nice. so I played it twice and I've died twice <laughs> and it's actually for some reason the worst feeling in the world when you die because <laughs> <laughs> because you have these survivors with you and you roll dice to fight off the zombies but uh, if you get a skull there's, there's a chance that they'll kill the survivors if you have a uh, adrenaline a little token, you spend mm-hmm. that to spare their lives. But for some reason, I was just very, very low on tokens. Mm-hmm. So every time I had a roll, I didn't kill as many zombies, and I kept rolling skeletons. But the worst was when the very the very first game I lost, I had like I had very little tokens, and I think I had like three survivors left, mm-hmm. and a horde was coming after me. So the horde killed off two of the people. So I had one left, and then uh, so and the cards they have like different events that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be like, oh, gain a survivor, lose a survivor, pay two gasoline, and you know, or lose a survivor. And I got that one. So zombies didn't kill me. Just the fact that I didn't have any gas on me killed my person. Yeah, she had to choose one of two roads. <laughs> One was, if you have the biohazard symbol, lose a survivor, and she did. And then the other path was, pay two gas if you don't lose a survivor, and she had no gas. And she's like, I'm dead no matter what I do! And I'm like, well, the choice is yours, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the, both games you played, who won those games? Oh, uh, you did. Damn right. <laughs> he won both the games. Because the second game, I got a horde. I got two hordes in a row. They killed off but, but one guy. And depending on how many survivors they have is how many dice you roll. So the more people you have, it's good because there's more chance. And since I had the one, I kept rolling that one die. A lot of the times it kept saying the uh, target symbol, which kills the zombies. Mm-hmm. And then the third or fourth time I rolled it, I got the skull. That just like, it just means you're dead on the yeah. red die. So like, ah. Uh, <laughs> even even though it was it's it was such a bad experience 
but not like you know it didn't ruin the game for me at all it was so fun but yeah. the fact that i died it was like heartbreaking because yeah. Yeah. you just lose like, all those people and you see them yeah. go one by one yeah like any game where you play it for a while and then all of a sudden you you know you either lose or your character dies or whatever it's it's heartbreaking you know yeah but it, it doesn't ruin the game because it, it's actually it, it makes it more interesting because anyone you want to figure out new strategies for next time that you play so yeah I like that. that's always good yeah and nice. when we talk about aesthetics later this game will definitely be talked about oh yeah nice Nice. But what about you, buddy? What have you been up what to? about me? All right, I'll run through mine very quickly. <laughs> I played a lot of games that I've already played, so I'll just go through those quickly. Like Takenoko, we've been playing games as a family for the most part, so it's been nice to get some three-player games in, but also it would be nice to play some other stuff too. But uh, we played Takenoko, uh, Legendary Civil War, Kodama the Tree Spirits, Quirkle, King of New York, Change Horses, which is funny that... This is a game that we got last year at Gen Con, and it was one of those where we went to this one spot and they were selling like a bunch of fun, I think it was Mayfair games, I think. So they were selling a bunch of Mayfair games and they had this game and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to roll this dice and if we roll this dice lower than a, tw lower than a 10 or whatever, this game's going to be five bucks. So they rolled it, it was under, it was under a 10, they're going... Change horses, five bucks. And we're like, well, fucking five bucks. Come on, you can't go wrong with that. I don't know. <laughs> this you know, game. A, a few episodes ago, you mentioned how it was like, people are selling games for five bucks, and you're like, we'll take it. And then you're like, why did I do that? Is this yeah, one of those games? exactly. I know. that. That's probably why I talked about it, because we've done that. It's not a terrible game, it, but it's interesting because it's one of those games where you have every, there's, no matter how many characters you have, or how many players you have, there's six jockeys, six horses, different colors. Each player plays a different card, and you go one by one around. And um, who, if you have, now I can't, see if I can get this right. If you have odds, the at the end of the round, the horses do not move. If the color has even, then the, or no, odd, they move, even they don't. Okay? But also you've got two special cards that you can use during the game too where you can move. I think the last horse gets to move two spaces and there's one like somebody one of one of the horses trips and goes into the other lane and that can force, you know, if uh, one is in front of another they kind of move, you know, concurrently and stuff like that. But the interesting part of this game is that you want to be last. You don't want to be first, you want to be last in this game, which if I'm thinking of horse racing, I'm not thinking I want to be last. So that's that's where I was like, huh, what? <laughs> but it's it's an interesting conundrum, and you can change horses. That's why it's called change horses. So then every once, that's another one of the special things on your special card you can do is you can switch with you can switch with another one, which you've all got your colors, and then if you switch, you take the top card near that that's your color, and then you put yours underneath, and then you can go from there. So it's not a terrible game, per se, but it's not one of those I'm gonna be like, ooh, let's play Change Horses again. You know, it's it it's interesting. If you don't want to come in first place in a horse race, just have your jockey sit on a pile of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just paint, not, go, not go anywhere. Yeah, just paint a number on the side of a trash can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That sounds kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. It's Like I said, it's not horrible. It's not great. Whatever. A couple of old games that we picked out that we haven't played for a long time. Uh, 
Dragon Whisperer from um, Albino Dragon Games. It's basically a trick-taking game where you have different color spots on the board and there's different tokens from one to five. And there's like, I think there's like seven of them or something like that, but you only pick out five randomly. And then you have this little dragon token where you put in, into a spot where you want to, whoever's whoever's got the first place token or whatever, you put first player token, you go in the different spots and then you play a trick-taking game basically. There's, you know, different colors, Whatever you lead with is the lead color, but also you have, if you flip over a trump, so if it's a different color, that color trumps if you don't have it. Um, another cool aspect of the game is you have these thing called Dragon Rage cards that people can play at any time, and they that means that nobody takes the tricks, and then you go and you redo that whole line again. There's also a couple of added things where certain numbers of the cards do different things. One of them is you get a... You get a werewolf token or a monster token. Those are worth one point each at towards the end of the game. There's gold coins. Those are all one victory point. The most gold gets an extra five. And then there's like uh, the three changes the trump. And then uh, the number one changes first player. So then they lead the trick. So it's it's one of those you know, really easy. I think of diamonds. You know, it's kind of a, you know, cool little trick-taking game that doesn't take very long. It's really fun. And then a game which I didn't... You know, it's funny when you look at your games and you, you're like, okay, well, let's play this game. And you don't you don't realize, oh my God, there's a lot of games I don't play anymore. <laughs> so I just out of the blue, me and Tracy were playing this weekend and I brought Ascension Chronicle of the Godslayer out. And I was like, gosh, I forgot how fun this game is. I, I don't, I can't even tell you when the last time I played this. I saw you uh, post pictures of that on the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. Look up FFGCast so, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you see what Kurt's up? Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. That's a really, yeah, man, that's a classic one, too. Yeah, classic game, yep. So then we decided to play with Logan because he really likes deck building games, and he really liked it. The one thing that I thought was funny is that he's like, this looks weird. And I'm like, because it's the original, you know? And I, I will admit myself, like, I, I'm sorry, I do not like the art from the beginning, for you know, from the original version of it. I'm just like, eh, it's just... Did they change artists? Not really. It's you, the thing is this: even if you play the most recent, you're gonna notice a pretty similar style. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you can tell it's a lot better from what it was, though. <laughs> well, I think it's because the artist got better. Like, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but at the same, you know what? It's kind of funny. Like every so often, I think back and I'm like, I wonder if Ascension would have existed if they didn't have that artist, though. Mm. Because yeah. if they had to pay like twenty thousand dollars, because there's so many different cards in that. Yeah. Um, I recently did a quick pricing for the game I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I my game only has about like 30 or 40 different cards. And it's like, I'm looking at like almost a grand for art. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, yeah. clip art it is. I'm like, let yeah. the publisher handle this for me. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's crazy. And I, you know, again, I, I don't ever try to belittle games for the most part, you know? So when I say that, I feel bad when I say I don't like art on it, but it's all, that's just my opinion on it, you know? So I, I can understand, you know, where they come from with that. So, and then we, and then I played uh, WWE 2K17, which we will talk about in the review. So oh, yeah. I will surpass that and wait, or go past that and we'll talk about that later. That's what we're now playing. All right, let's get back, let's get into the subject of what we're talking about. So Kim, I want to know where you came up with this and where do you think it's going to be going? So. Okay, so again, so as as I said before, I played Islebound uh, with three players. When we, we the reason why we played it was because the guy who wanted to play it with us said that his gaming group 
did not want to play that game. And he was like, well, why don't you want to? You know, you really heard good things about this game. It's supposed to be really good. And the guy's like, well, I just don't like the artwork. And he's like, really? You're not going to play it just because you don't like the way it looks? And he's like, yeah, it just looks too cartoonish. I, I don't like it. <laughs> so that's when I was like, huh, that's really interesting because I've heard a lot of people say that to different games and I didn't think that, you know, the artwork alone could stop someone from playing the game, especially mm -hmm. since if it has the same mechanic as other games, why is it that they'll play game A, but not game B, because game B looks different but has the same mechanics as game A? Mm -hmm. So that I was, I was actually kind of curious, and I just want to, you know, people listen to this, um, kind of like get their feedback on it, like mm -hmm. how they feel with the artwork. Mm -hmm. Um... I know it's a matter of opinion. I'm not saying to people, you know, that they they shouldn't judge a game based on what uh, what the artwork is. It's sad though, and I'll get into that, like why it's sad that they'll judge it. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's a matter of opinion. That's fine. The only thing is, I don't like those type of people that basically like say the game is horrible and like mm -hmm. they hate it and the game should have never been made. Because, like, um, the whole thing with uh, Tanto Quarry. Mm -hmm. As you know, Tanto Quarry, it's a deck builder. Almost exactly like Dominion. Mm -hmm. Only instead, there's cute anime girls on there. Mm -hmm. Risque anime girls. <laughs> but still, it's like, it's anime girls. And it does add a little bit more to uh, than Dominion. Mm -hmm. But the fact that people hated on the game so much... And just basically said, like, oh, this is a horrible game. It objectifies women, which really doesn't. But to the, me, to the, me, it doesn't. Yeah, the later years, a little more so. But the earlier <laughs> the late, ones, yeah. The so early much. ones, not so much. But, yeah, the later years, it gets a little, like, okay. But still, like, that's just, you know, if you don't like it, don't buy it. But the fact that people just, like, hated on the game and just told people, like, you know, if you buy this game, play it. You know, you're an idiot. And just, that's the type of stuff that I don't like. You know, like, you have your opinion, let other people have their own opinions and play what they want to play. If you don't want to play it, that's fine. I don't really understand it, but, like, that's why I, like, I would like to get feedback from people to see, like, you know, why this is mm -hmm. such a big thing in gaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I kind of equate it to, like, movies and, and comics and stuff like that, too. A lot of people do that, too. Like, me... I am I'm pretty middle of the road like there's there's a lot that somebody has to do for me to go eh, I don't know you know you know a lot of people will see a movie and be like oh that looks stupid and it's like well did you watch it no well you can't base it off of two minutes you know I, you know if you watch the whole thing and you think it's a big pile of garbage I understand that but if you base it off of two seconds you know it, I just I never get that it's like the Suicide Squad when that came out that movie everyone's just like ah oh, i just uh that just looks so fucking stupid and i'm like well to me it doesn't look like my cup of tea but i'll watch it anyway just to see what i think because i'm not gonna just base it off of you know the two minutes that i see you know or the thousands of reviews like it it makes me think of when dc first came out the deck building game the first the first uh card game came out a lot of people were hating on it they were just like this game is stupid 
Marvel is just so much better. You know, they're just like, you know, this is so simple and I just don't get it, you know? And I, it, it's funny because usually I let that stuff kind of sink in sometimes, but this time, I, but that time I was like, you know what? I really just, I love DC characters. I love deck building games. So I'm just going to try it. You know what? If I miss out on the boat, well then whatever. And I loved it, you know? It's, it's so, you know, I get where you're coming from with that because it's like, you just, you never know with games, you know, like we were talking about when we talked about last episode, we talked about CV. CV is one of those games where it's like the art is different from what you know, you know, it's like, okay, this is something like I've never seen before. And I will admit, I, I didn't know if I would ever play this game. Cause I was like, number one, I don't know what CV means. Number two, I just don't know what the game's about. And then I saw a review on it and I'm like, wow, this actually sounds awesome. I wish I would have not just judged a book by its cover um so for number one i believe it's curriculum vitae yeah which is basically a life resume it's like Mm -hmm. cv is what they usually refer to as resumes like in england and stuff like that nice so knowledge for the day buddy (laughs) yep yeah exactly Um, well and and the art kind of you know like kim said last episode it kind of reminded her of monty pythons you know so that all kind of all kind of fits together yeah and plus if you're if you're not uh, I know a lot of people who just either not familiar with British comedy mm-hmm. or just, you know, like they never heard of Monty Python or they like absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. I can see it where people are like, yeah, this is a game for me. Even yeah. though the the gameplay is really amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've actually played a game like it. Like I don't think I don't, I can't think of a game that's like CV. Yeah. I mean, it's that Yahtzee mechanic, but it, it works for me totally yeah yeah well um so like let me uh, let me give you this quick comparison like so one of the biggest things is always uh you know we talk about you don't want to waste your gaming dollars right mm-hmm. yeah so um so i got like a little quick spread here so you were talking about the ascension art right mm-hmm. yeah you still have the game and you played it recently yeah you don't like the art but you still enjoy the game and so like when you play the game you're just like oh man i wish this art was a little different Mm-hmm. But you still enjoy it for what it is, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So you see so many things online about like, uh, like, oh, we got to get more people into the board game hobby. Oh, I like to see the hobby grow. And then, like five minutes later, you see that board game snobbery come out, where it's like, oh, I, I won't play Ascension because I don't like the artwork. Yeah. And then you know, to compare it with the gaming dollars, you see these games like uh, I don't know if you saw that new one that came out, Feast of Odin. Yeah. Right. Lots of bits. It's a hundred dollar game. Caverna mm-hmm. was like a $90 game when it came out. And people were like, oh man, but there's like five trees worth of wood in that box, right? Food Chain Magnate, you know, it's a splatter game. So that game was expensive too. It was like 90 or 100 bucks when it came out. And so many people were fucking hating on that art style. Like that 50s, you know, like it's a smashing good time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like, like you know, luck free total decision making uh you know for the whole family like it was a very classic style looking game where like it looks like almost like something you would find in like fallout yeah you know and everyone despised the art they're like oh it's clip art bullshit it's so minimalist and it's like why can't that be intentional like that's not like that's a conscious decision i don't think it was lazy yeah you know well like, if it if it's trying to be your 50 style art and that look, it was all that simple. You you know, go back to that time 
and then go, oh, this is all stupid. You know, it's like, yeah. that's what they had back then. <laughs> well, because we, um, we had a friend. We thought that he would like this because I can understand, uh, not the artwork, but the reason why some people didn't like it also was because if you made one mistake, it could cost you the entire game. Like, no. that one mistake, that's it. You know you're going to lose that game. Like, that's a fair reason and, to... Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that, that's whatever. But we had a friend, and, you know, he liked those, like, heavy Euro games. And this is a heavy Euro game, and it's about basically forming a business and knowing where to put your money into. Mm-hmm. Uh, your people into, I should say. Um... But he took a look at it, and he was like, ugh, I can't play this game. Well, why not? It was like, it's like, the artwork looks horrible. He's like, yeah, but the mechanic of it, you'll love it. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't care. I'm not going to play this game. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, like, you never know what, you're, what you'll be missing out on. Because, yeah, yeah the, the game might not look that pretty. But um, once you play it, you know, it could actually, this, that game could actually, it's, it's almost as if it's like you're in school again and you're kind of learning, but it's that, that fun kind of learning because, you know, um, you're placing down restaurants, you're deciding, oh, do I want to sell pizzas or hamburgers? You know, do I want to sell lemonade or when they have like beer? Right? Yeah, and the juice and all that. And like, I have to admit the, the pieces are prettier than the artwork. But, you know, like, uh, I don't care about the artwork, really. Mm-hmm. I, I just play it because it actually, it, it almost teaches you about business. You know, like, how to have the right advertisements. How to, how far you should be from your opponent. Because your opponent can actually steal some of your customers mm-hmm. by, like, selling their hamburgers a dollar less. Yeah. And then you're competing but, for that. But, like, um, but, but, like, to stick with the art of it. Um, you know, like I said, like, even though the game has a minimal slice, like, even the houses, they're on, like, colored chits, and the houses aren't colorful. Like, they're the same, like, a blending background color of the, like, tile they're on. The mm-hmm. ads are all these blue tiles and very, like, two or three tone tiles. Like, very simple. And everyone's like, oh, it's bland, it's flat, it's, like, just, like, blasting the art, saying, like, oh, you know, with how much they're charging for this game, I want this, I want that. If it was set today and they did that, yes, I can understand going, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, you know, it's like they're so aggressive about an art style that, yeah, it looks like a game from the 60s to the T. And that to me was like a great art decision, you know? Yeah. And they even had it, uh, there was a site where you don't have to buy the game, but you can just play the game online. But even still, some people are like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. play it because of the art. But it, it would be free to play. You can play it, but still, yeah. people would not. Even the player aids are like the fold-out menus. Yeah. Like, it's no. a very a very conscious art decision, and yet people trashed it because they saw a price, and they didn't... I don't, like, I don't know why more colors is a better option always. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you have a game set in a dystopian universe, do you want it to be like flashing lights like Vegas? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, that. you know, that art thing. Um, one other game we were talking about too is like even that game Rococo mm-hmm. and it's weird because Rococo is gorgeous looking when you look at this board mm-hmm. it is like just some of the most you know colorful vibrant 
you know, thematic. It's like, it's the hall where the nobles are having the party. Everything looks great. There's decorations all around, beautiful illustrations. And then people like, oh, well, I don't want to play a game about making dresses. It's like, okay, you, this game is vibrant and colorful and you don't want to play a game about making dresses. This game is incredibly deep and heavy and you don't want to play it because it looks like, the, like what do you want? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what yeah. is that blend you need to satisfy you, lord and master? The, you know? the, yeah. pe- the yeah. people who, you know, say that they don't want to play it because it's about making dresses, they don't complain about the art. They say the art is fun. It's beautiful. It's just the theme of it. Yeah. Because of what the theme is, they won't play it. They yeah. said, oh, you know, and if they, like, I would I would be curious if they changed the theme to that. Say, like, oh, instead of making dresses, you're making, like, warships or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, but it, it almost had, like, the same look, the same design, you know, the same board, everything. Would you still play it? Yeah. You know? And it's not, I'm not making it into, like, a, a sexist thing, being like, oh, men don't want to, you know, make dresses. It's just the fact that because of themes it could all themes also stop people from playing games yeah yeah it makes yeah. me think of like games like viticulture or yeah. patchwork you well, know like it's like i don't really games. care about the subject matter it's not about the subject matter it's about the game within that subject matter yeah cuz we yeah. we had we had a friend he won't play agricola because he lived on a farm and he doesn't feel like you know playing a farming game yeah it's like well you know you're not actually farming you're playing a game with your friends, socializing, and it's a fun game. Yeah. And he likes those type of games, but because it involves weed and cows and stuff like that, he's like, no, I don't yeah. like the theme. Show me on this piece of corn what this farm did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me ask this, Kurt. Like, so you know, like we mentioned, like the Ryan Lowcat games and how he does all the art for his games. So if somebody doesn't like the art in one Lowcat game. They're probably not going to want to play any of Red Raven stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. like it's like I'm sorry. You think this is terrible? Well, there is nothing I have for you in my bag today because mm-hmm. I bought Islebound above and below in Artifact Sync. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like for you, right? Do you have like any art threshold? Like, is there an art style or like have you actually had that game where you just like look at the board and you're like, I just can't. This just looks like the art turned you off as opposed to what the game is. I don't think so, really, because a lot of these games, I do give them a chance, you know, like even if I, you know, like with like we said with the with CV, you know, it was it was a what am I trying to say? It was a cautious buy okay? because it was still like, okay, well, I know that this game is still cool. I talked to Tracy about it. She's like, oh, that actually does sound kind of cool. But then, you know, go to the game store and you're like, uh, okay, I put it back. Ah. <laughs> uh, Oh, uh, okay, fine, I'll get it, you know? But I try not to do that. I've, Like I said, I am I try to be middle of the road. I'm not one of these people like when, you know, when the new Ghostbusters came out, everyone's like, oh my God, I just can't, you can't do that, and blah, 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 and women, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, just watch it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you don't want to give it a chance, don't do it. Don't talk about it. Go, you know, just nobody cares, you know? So I, I try not to be too judgmental when it comes to that stuff. You know, if it's something where it's, I know that for a fact that the subject matter is like tender, you know, if it's something where it's like, okay, obviously, you know, women are getting harassed in this game or, you know, kids are getting 
killed on this game on purpose, like for like a vicious reason, I will stay away from it, but I've never had that. So for the most part, I don't, you know, it's not something I try to, I don't try to look for, you know, it's like, well, it, you know, most of the time when I'm looking for a game, I look for a game that I think that I might like dependent upon what it is, you know, like a lot of times I don't look at the art as much, but the art is a, is, is a small part of it just because I like the aesthetics of a good art. But for the most part, I try to look at a game in the aspect of, okay, what is this game about really? You know, because it's like, why are you playing a game if not for the gameplay itself? Yeah. It's like, I mean, cause we've been playing um, some more of those games lately where one cube represents everything. Like in Lagrania and mm. um, My Village, where it's like, if the cube is on here, it's a wheelbarrow. If the cube is on here, it's a horse. And it's like, we play these games with such abstraction that the art has never stopped me from something. Like, I'm pretending a cube is a horse, or I'm pretending this cube is a fighter, or fields of wheat or something. So it's like, I can't let a visual representation of a card make me go, oh, I, I don't think I'll be playing this today, because... Yeah. You know, for me, it's like, I love that, you know, I let it just be whatever I want it to be in my, like, my mind's eye. You know, I, I never, yeah. I can't look at a game and go, oh, you got a bad artist. Sorry, I don't care about your work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But, and you want to know something? It's with, with those cubes, it's so easy to fix now because a lot, a, a lot of people now are making the, you know, like the wood components for like, Caverna. Yeah, they're pimping out their games. They're, yeah, they're pimping out their games. Yeah. So now instead when we play uh, Lords of Waterdeep, instead of like, oh, purple cubes or wizards and, you know, black cubes or robes, we just got to pretend. We got it so it actually is the meeple of a wizard. He has the hat Mm -hmm. and staff and everything. And yeah, like, that's fine. Like, if you want to pimp out your game, like, go right ahead. If you want to just use your imagination and just pretend that the purples are the wizards, that's fine. But it's like if if that's stopping you from playing a game, because it's because like okay, so like what am I saying? Like how it's sad, because if that stops somebody from playing a game, art, theme, you know, the, the bits and pieces. It's almost like um, when you watch a TV show, mm-hmm. you know, like how Firefly was so popular, but it wasn't popular enough because not a lot of people got uh you know, uh, watched it, and then it was just canceled. It's it's upsetting if there's, like, a really good game, but not enough people are in it for, you know, they don't like the art, they don't like the theme, and then that person can't get their game out, and then that's it. It's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Kurt, I know this might be a foreign concept to you because you are such a beautiful son of a bitch, <laughs> but some people will actually ignore things because of the way they look yeah (laughs) and here's something that i'm sure that you're all too familiar with when certain things look a certain way everyone fawns all over it (laughs) (laughs) that never happens (laughs) day and age so even though the looks aren't the only thing that matters what would you say is like your the most aesthetically pleasing game that you have played oh that's a good question hmm Aesthetically pleasing. Am I going to be wow. asked that question next? Yes. I don't think about it. You go first. <laughs> yeah. I'll think about Prepare. mine. If, if, if you guys, w- I'll give you a, a quick uh, minute buffer to think about it. But this game that we played recently from Martin Wallace that Kim mentioned, Hit Z Road. 
So what he did in this game was the cards that of the locations look like decks of cards found in different places. Nice. So they're all like mangled, like they look like they're burnt and dirty on the back. The player tokens for first, second, third, and fourth, one of them is a driver's license, the other is a credit card, the other is like a hi, my name is, you know, sticker. Nice. Um, they're all different sizes too, which is great. The tokens look like um, Splendor tokens that have tape on them. <laughs> There's car keys as like the things to mark off areas that you can't use. The game, like he put so much art into this thematic because the concept is it's the apocalypse zombie wasteland. Some kid made a game while on the road with his family. Like, you know, he wanted to do something to chronicle what they were doing and made a game out of it. Nice. So that's why it's like, and if you actually look at the cover, it's actually hit the road and the is crossed out with a marker and says Z, nice. you know, like it's like as seen on TV and then he crosses that out and says no more TV. There's just so like, even like the bonus scoring uh, cards, one of them is a Dixit card. Another is a ticket to ride card. Another looks like it's from, um, Oh my God. Was it like, um, dual of eight, not what, dual of no, ages. It's the, uh, Wonders? Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders. Yeah, it oh, looks gotcha. like Seven Wonders and everything. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Yep. And what's amazing is when you take the shrink wrap off of this game, the back cover that tells you what the game is like is actually a separate sheet of paper. The back of the box is like an old game box worn down. Nice. Like they put so much art direction into this game where the game is super simple. Like, you know, it's just like a dice chucking game. You're making choices, you're vetting resources, whatever. But the visual of it is like you're like, I do feel like I'm playing an apocalypse game made by a kid. Like, nice. this was an awesome idea for it's like, our game is pretty similar to other ideas. How can we make this stand out? Let's make it tell a story. And it's one of the few times the art really does that for you, which is super cool. Nice. So my nomination is Hitsy Road from Martin nice. Wallace. Very cool. Well, you know, it's funny because when you, when you talk about that game, I... Don't know if I played that many games that have that big of a feel where it's like, holy crap, they got all of that right. Um, probably, gosh. Please say Uno. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those three uh, are Woker, boy, that's the best game. Um, you know, off the top of my head, all I could think of is... Um, Never mind, I can't think of it now. What is it? <laughs> well, do you want me to go? Kurt's like, every yeah, go ahead. Terrible. Go ahead. I will, <laughs> well, I will take 10 minutes and never remember. So. <laughs> here's the thing with me. All right. I'm, I think I might have to nominate a video game because with board games, I'm kind of easygoing with the artwork. Like, I, I don't mind like the cutesy stuff like uh, Arcadia Quest or Crossmasters Arena. Those are, those are cute. Like, most of the other games, I think, have, like, really good uh, artwork. Even when I played Ascension for the first time, I really liked that artwork because it was something different. You didn't mm. see that on anything else. And because it was different, that's why I liked it. And I know it's a little weird because it's just like, you know, it's, I don't necessarily love the artwork, but I liked playing the game because of the artwork. Those gems helped out, too. The gems helped out, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those almost, like, sparkly gems helped out, too. But for me, like something that's so aesthetically pleasing is the Bioshock series. Mm. The fact that the first one, when you're underwater, mm -hmm. they did it so well. And I know how like it 
what it could have looked like. Like a little like, you know, blocky and just, you know, the graphics weren't too great. But the final version of it, the fact that everything is so smooth and even the creatures, as terrifying as they are, they're very beautiful. Like the big daddies, the splicers, they did a really good job with that. And you see, um, uh, to me, almost like an evolution of Bioshock when they did Bioshock Infinite. The fact that the whole city in the sky and how the people, even though they're from the same company, it kind of looked like a little different. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the people look, well, I don't, I don't, who were the, the people in Bioshock 1? I'm trying to compare from uh, Andrew Ryan. To say, yeah. like, uh, the Lutesses, Com- yeah. Comstock, like, I think, like, the, I think, uh, Bioshock Infinite's, like, a little cleaner, mm-hmm. but both of them, you see, like, almost, like, the same style of art, and I think mm-hmm. it's really beautiful how they did all those games. And what's interesting is, by, uh, by making them semi-cartoony, it, like, lessens the violence factor. Like, the yeah. combat, you don't feel like you're tearing apart like you know like, like COD regular and... people it's like you feel like mm-hmm. that like they're a little out of place almost yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. and yeah, also sure. the fact that um so like that uh those graphics uh there's a new game that's coming out uh it's on beta right now uh we happy few mm-hmm. it almost has that t- same type of style like almost like the cartoony people but it like it looks like clean cut and that for me is like that's the reason why I would love to play it. Not yes. now because it's in beta because they're still working on bugs. Yeah. But when it comes out, it's like a visual I feel like to yeah. Shock, yeah. So like those like those type of games, the way those look, those always like bring me back to like oh if I see something like that I would definitely play it. Yeah, definitely. I think Fallout's kind of in that same same aspect too, where it's just it's it's like. You know, that game series is like nothing else, you know. There's other things I've stolen from, have, you know, stolen from it, but still. So I actually did think of a board game because I thought of it before, but I didn't know if if it had as much as I thought it did, but it actually does. Back when we were at the last Gen Con, going back to talking about Gen Con again, we grabbed Heroes Wanted and the expansion and all the little mini packs for this game. And this game is aesthetically pleasing because if you're looking for an all-out superhero board game, this is the one for you, basically, because the actual boards where you have the scenarios, each side has a different scenario. And we got the expansion that has two sides that have two different stories, too. Well, it um, it actually looks like a newspaper, and it actually has printed out what you're doing. So it's like... You know, I don't, I'm just going to say like a fight at Capitol Hill or something like that. And then you also have these newspaper tokens where you put those on the board. And then if somebody does something like says, you know, say like they knock out two henchmen, then you put your little circle on that little newspaper thing and you get points from that. But also they've got the cards where you can make your top and your bottom of your hero and the villain. So any combination of hero and villain can happen. So you can have like, you know, Cyber Monkey or, you know, like the green juice box or something like that. It's got cool combos and it, it, and it makes it look like and they made, they made it a conscious choice 
when I, you know, when I actually interviewed them at Gen Con, that they wanted to make it look like if one of us were doing, were a superhero. So it's like, you know, to like your everyday person. Also, you've got your, it comes with a crap ton of underling uh, meeples, henchman meeples. You have a, um, you know, your main villain meeple. You also have tokens for like your, um, your, uh, not your, what are the guys that are off the, the sidekicks? Yeah, not like a sidekick, but like regular people that are just kind of in the way. I can't think of it Citizens. right now. Citizens, yeah, kind of like that. Yep, oh, cool. uh, that you can save and stuff like that. So they've got those tokens. They've got uh, tokens for your health, for their health. You've got cards for um, that have a quirk. So every superhero has a quirk. Uh, one of them, I, one of them was like if. Every time you K, every time you KO an underling, you have to talk about how awesome you are or something like that. So it's just <laughs> everything about this game is is very you know hero, old school superhero kind of Peter Parker at the Daily Bugle kind of um, aspect to it, and I I really enjoy it every time I play it. So so to close this out, is there any art style thing that kind of you wish they would stop or you you know wouldn't mind not seeing again for a few years? Um. You know, I don't think so. It's funny because I, one thing I forgot to talk about, but I'll just mention a little bit quick. There's really nothing for me, but you know, everyone always goes, "Oh, I really hate zombie games." But then you, they come out with zombie games every so often, and they're still awesome for the most part. You know, there's going to be clunkers, but you shouldn't just because it's a zombie game, you shouldn't dislike it. You know, but I don't know. I just, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot on my plate that I'm just like. I wish they would stop doing it. You know. Not really, actually. Like, I'm pretty much, you know, okay with most of the games. The uh, thematics, yeah. Like sometimes, like the zombie games could be like a little too much. But at the same time, you know, once you give it a shot, it's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. But like, um, there's. <laughs> I have to admit that. Um, I don't like that DC, the DC deck builder, mm -hmm. only because, and it's such a little thing, and for some reason, I can't get past it. <laughs> I want to, but for some reason, I can't, and that's why I don't play it, is when you buy people, you kick and punch them. I, I don't get it. It's like, <laughs> oh, I want to get, like, the, the, the Cape and Carol. I'm going to kick it and punch it for, like, three. Like, Why? I uh, you you wanna you wanna uh, get Robin in, on your team? I'm gonna kick and punch the shit. Really? Why are you kicking and punching? Like that's the thing I don't get, and I can't get past that for some reason. So I paid for the pizza the other day. <laughs> Four punches and a kick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And I, I understand how you know legendary works, but for some reason, like DC, I I can't. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is so weird. P punching and kicking aside. The one art thing for me is 8-bit graphic does not make your game better. <laughs> if, if the game is designed for an 8-bit style, like Pixel Tactics, I think is amazing. You know? But boss, uh... Yeah. But if you make a dungeon crawl and you're like, man, we got to put this on Kickstarter. What can we do to make it different? 8-bit dungeon crawl. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a slew of that, that, you know, classic game style looking thing. And, uh... Like, I don't need Pixel Bomber and Pixel Dungeon Run and Pixel Bomb Diffusers and Pixel Architects. It's, it's just a little too much. 
So that's it for me. Yep. <laughs> if it's okay with you, Kurt, I would like to do a public service announcement. Okay. Okay. So, uh, like I said before, we're not basically judging you if you don't play a game based on the art, but I would like to say give it a shot if you can. If you're worried about buying it and you're going to hate it anyway, what you can do is that there's many options. You can go, uh, you can get Tabletopia. There, you don't have to buy the game. You just play the games that you want, and you can figure out if you like it, and then you can get it for your gaming group. If not, you can go to go to your local gaming store, see if they have a demo copy, play it there, see if you like it. That way, you're not wasting your money on something that you, you'll know you hate based on the art. But it could also be a chance that if you play it and you're like, well, you know, it's not that bad, and you might think about getting it. And also, um, I'm pretty sure now I've seen a lot of places where it's like a cafe board game shop. And there, it's so easy to find so many new games out that you can just open up and play on the table right there. So mm -hmm. definitely try to, if you don't want to spend your money, try to find people who have the board games, go to your local gaming store, at least give it a shot, you know? You don't have to spend your money, just try it. See if you like it. You'll, you may surprise yourself. If not, then that's perfectly fine. You're good with your opinions, but definitely try it out. Don't judge it before you play it. Mm -hmm. Play blindfolded if you hate it that much. <laughs> have somebody walk you through the steps. All right. All right, so we ready for our main review, Kurt? Sure, let's do it. So uh, would you like to kick this one off? or? Sure, I'd love to. So we're going to be talking about WWE 2K17. It's the new iteration of it. I mean, this is the third game I've played for the new generation, so I have barely dipped my toe into it. But we're going to be talking about, you know, about gameplay. We're going to be talking about online play, which I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about there. And then we'll rate it with our new rating scale. So basically... It's really it's really easy to explain what this game is. It's wrestling, it's you've got matches, you've got your, you know, singles, you've got your tag teams, you've got your triple threats, you've got your, you know, TLCs and stuff like that. But what what is different about this game? So that I that part I can't speak to too much because I didn't play last year's game. So I'm going to let Dan <laughs> talk about what uh, what's the difference between the two. Well, let me tell you something, Kurtster. All the Danamaniacs out there want to know what this game is like, brother. <laughs> I love wrestling so much, goddammit. Um, Alright, so here's the thing. Uh, 2K, like a little quick backstory, is 2K picked up the license for this game after THQ went out of business, right? Yep. So 2K15 was their first one. Last year was, you know, 2K16, now we're on 2K17. The game had some weird issues along the timeline. From the beginning when 2K got the license on the next gens, you couldn't create female wrestlers. This is the first year you can create female wrestlers. Oh, weird. So that, yeah, that was like a little odd. The engine is really good. It's The matches are pretty damn sweet. Like, it's a little more technical this time around. You have a limited amount of reversals. The flow is good. The announcing is semi-better and somehow also worse at the same time, too. <laughs> so... Like, here's the thing. There's, like, you know, you have your classic matches. You can do a ton of different matches, like, you know, three-on-three, one-on-one, Hell in Cell, uh, all these different matches. But they don't have everything. Like, they don't have Inferno matches. They don't have, 
you know, like these certain specialty type matches. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they still have uh, like Royal Rumble and, you know, the pay-per-view styles, like ladder matches and things like that. In your career, now this is the thing that bothers me. It's 2K17, right? Wrestling games have been made for over like 20 years at this point. In your career, you don't speak and a lot of characters don't speak. Like, yeah. and you get your trainer that's telling you like, you know, you're in WWE Developmental. And that means that you're going to have to work your ass off to be a superstar. So you're like, oh, cool. And then it's like you're in the ring and he's like, you know, like, oh, this is your opponent. The guy says nothing. You fight. Nobody says anything. Then you get to cut a promo, right? Which is awesome. Yeah. Because talking shit. And, like, they give you these video packets of, like, you know, like, it's not just about what you do in the ring. Sometimes the microphone is your greatest weapon. And, like, you know, and they show, like, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. You know, like, all this shit like that. And that's awesome. And then you're cutting your promo, and your guy's mouth is just moving, and it's text on the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, I don't like that too much. Yeah. But then you're going against Enzo Amore, the man who has been noted as saying he's got a gift of gab and a gift of jab. You know, and he's like one of the greatest mic workers in the business right now. And you're going against him. And not only is it printed stuff on screen, it's shit that no wrestler ever says. It's like he's like, do you know what type of anger you're invoking in me? You can't just say things without repercussions for your actions. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck is this guy even talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, It's like all you have to do is you just... Okay, say it takes, you know, so many man hours, so much time to put somebody in a studio and to say all these words. I get it. That's a lot of money. You know what? You could still, this is licensed by the WWE. You could send a nice little email saying, okay, we need to, we need to know in these situations what these people would say and just have them, have them write the email back. This is what I would say in this situation. It seems like it was made by somebody that has never seen wrestling. Because if Mm -hmm. it's going to be printed words, I get like that you can't put in 500 hours of audio. Right? Like that is preposterous to expect, you know, for a budget. But if you're going to type out the words anyway, why not make them... Like they made it where everyone just says the same general shit. Yeah. Why add this feature when it's so half-assed? Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, like last year's game, you actually, your character actually spoke, you know, and it was great. Cause like, I mean, he kind of like had like a silly voice and he's like, you know, like, like, why did I do it? Because I'm the greatest in that ring. That's why I did it, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> so even though you have no voice this time, they have Renee Young interview you backstage, right? It's really creepy because like you can see every individual tooth in her mouth when her (laughs) mouth moves and no words are coming out. Yeah. Now, like last year, again, they kept it general where she was like, he just jumped you. How do you feel about that? Like without names. And again, I get it. There's like DLC. You don't, you know, you can't have all the characters names or whatever. But again, if it's printed words, they're having her say the same shit she did last year without the audio. So in one match... Like, some guy, you know, I got, you know, I win the match, nothing else happens, and she's like, you know, they just said that you're fighting him at the pay-per-view. How do you feel about this in your upcoming match? And I'm like, I don't know what the match is, I don't know what the next pay-per-view is, and who's him? (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm like, I didn't hear shit. Like, there was not, like, I didn't get any info about this, so I'm like, and then, like, you know, your choices are like, I will destroy him. I'm, like, he's not worth my time. 
I'm going to wipe the floor with them. I'm like, I wish there was one option where it's like, I don't want to fight this guy. You know, yeah. like everything is like, I'm going to crush him. So again, it's kind of like the choice of no choice. Yeah. It's just, there's so much shit that's like baffling yeah. in this game. And that is kind of a big turnoff. Like they took out, me- oh, and one thing that's the biggest hit is, now as you may have been able to guess, Kurt, I kind of like wrestling a little bit. No way. <laughs> just no. a smidgen. Every year, they've included these, like, legacy story modes, like the dynasty of wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. One year, it was, like, about the uh, Attitude Era, the Aggression Era, and the the more recent era. Like, the last one was, like, the rise of Austin. And it's everything from when he first crowns Austin 316 to, like, his matches with Bret Hart and stuff like that. And It it was was weird when he had hair. Stunning Steve say. Austin, yeah. yeah. When I saw yeah. him, I was like, I'll, I'll that? show you. I'll show you a picture of me with hair. That'll freak you <laughs> out. I need to see this immediately. Oh, God. <laughs> Text, please. Uh, yeah. Let me, uh, I'll go to my mom's house immediately and I'll show you some <laughs> interesting pictures. So it's like, so like in last year's edition with the Austin thing, like it's phenomenal because they give you this awesome vignette of when Austin was constantly fucking with Bret Hart. He was just beating the shit out of him all the time, jumping him all the time. The crowd, like, Bret Hart was out of wrestling for, like, six, seven months at the time. He comes back. Everyone's cheering Austin, telling Bret he sucks and go back to Canada and everything. And, like, they even show this awesome video clip of, like, you know, it's like, you know, like, oh, Bret, you must be frustrated with Austin. He's like, frustrated? Frustrated isn't the goddamn word! You know, like, just Mm -hmm. losing his mind and stuff. And this year, there's none of that. There's play matches. That is it. There's no story. There's no, like, there's no heart to, like, the wrestling legacies. I was just curious because when, because, like, I watched a little bit of wrestling back then, like, most of the Attitude Hour, but I I wasn't, like, you know, ongoing. I just, like, saw some of it. And then when I see stuff like they have now, to me, I think there's a bit of a difference in how the crowd reacts. I don't know if it's just me, but... I, rem- I remember, like, when I when I saw, like, stuff from the past, when it was, like, WWF, it was, like, a lot of people, like, love promos and stuff like that. They boo the right people, cheer the people. But I remember a few times now when somebody cut a promo, the people would chant, this is boring. Yeah, and, and that actually... Now, that's one of the things that's funny in the game. That can happen, but... They tell you, like, in this game, like, when you're cutting promos, consistency is important, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't make a difference if the crowd loves you or hates you, but whatever they do, make them do it more than they've ever felt before. I go out to a crowd, and I say, this place stinks, right? And it says, strong reaction. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I was like, I've been reading online guides for this game for, like, hours, trying to make heads or tails of this. So I'm like, cool, strong reaction. That means this is a hardcore crowd, and they like they really pop when I'm dropping wrestling terms like crazy. By <laughs> <the way>. um, <laughs> pop means they get loud. Um, you know, like they really pop when you like shit talk them, right? So the next choices come up, and and the other thing too is like you're on a meter. Like how good your mic work is is how long that meter goes. So if you only have like 50 in your mic work, the meter's like and you just you have to pick. If you yep. have like 80, you actually get about like 20 sec, you know, like 10, 15 seconds. So, like, my next option comes up, and it's like, you know, you guys don't deserve to see me wrestle or something, right? So I go with that one, and, like, my other choices are, like, 
I'm the I'm the avenging angel of the authority. The you guys don't deserve to see me wrestle. The other choice is like, uh, I'll take down the authority. They don't know anything. And the last one's like, where's my title shot? So I'm like, okay, consistency is important. So I say they don't deserve to see me wrestle. And it's like, okay, reaction, only one point. And I'm like, and it's like, and it's a face thing now. Like it's, it actually says like, that's what a good guy would say. I'm like, first of all, I can't remember any time that John Cena or Hulk Hogan was like, ah, you're not worth my fucking time. Yay. Like, let's go Cena. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. Why not? And then the next thing comes up and there's no choices to say anything about the crowd. Sure. Uh, me and my partner will destroy our opposition tonight. And the crowd boos that. I'm like, okay. And then, like, at the closing statement is, like, you're all trash. And it's, like, okay response, and it's a heel response. So, like, my promo apparently was all over the place. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, what is the right answers here? And it's just so odd. Because even, like, when you say something where it's, like, like, this place stinks, you'll go on and on. Like, the air in this place is unbreathable. I don't know how any of you get out of bed in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> who says this? Yeah. Like, it, it reminds me of Paul F. Tompkins. Like, boo! Who talks like that? You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just weird. There's so many weird things in this game. Well, because, like, like, what I was saying before, how, you know, back then, how the crowd reacted, and now it's like, they're... They're just not into, like, most of the stuff that's going on. Do you think that's why they didn't add a lot of the stuff than they did anymore? No, I think it's that the programmers just don't watch wrestling. Like, they're probably like, oh, God, anyone that still likes wrestling is adult. Like, you know... Like, no, I think I think they just threw money at some guy that said he knew what he was talking about or she and and then it failed. Like, <laughs> you know, I had that same thing with a promo where it was like, OK, you know, you're talking about the no fighting thing. I actually had a point where I did that whole thing. I was like, you're not worth my time. I'm not going to talk to you. Why am I here? I don't care about them. I don't care about you. I walked away. I got a terrible score. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I consistently said what I was going to say. And the first thing was a big pop, like, oh, you got this big reaction. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope. You're like, okay, I just did all this work that was on a consistent line that should have worked, but it did not. Yeah. And it's like, meanwhile, like Seth Rollins does that and the crowd loses their goddamn minds. Your character does it in the game and they're like, we don't know what we want. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like the crowd is full of Grandpa Simpsons. Like, yeah. are you my mailman? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like yeah. the dog and the cat just look at each other. But yeah. it's just, it's just like so many oddities. And like the other thing too is like, even like the visual design, like we were talking about art style with board games. Holy Christ! Like some of the people in this game look like fucking mutants of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Dana yep. Brooks looks like an alien. Yeah, she yeah, looks undead. She looks. That's that's one of the things She's... I was talk I was gonna talk about too. Like yeah. some of the people, their face when they smile, their cheeks. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna eat somebody's face. I know, and they have shark mouths, right? Like there's like, oh like, yeah. You're like, I don't think people have sixty teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Bailey, yeah, well, I think, is the. They, they, they did dead on with her, though. Bailey. Yeah. Well, she there are a lot of people where it's like, wow, this rendering yeah. is amazing. And then they even have, like, some of the downloadable guys, and you're like, oh my God, what happened to you? <laughs> Kurt, well, Angle, Kurt Angle got smashed too many times with a sledgehammer to the face. And, like, and, he, 
and you know, because of my fandom, I bought that ridiculous NXT edition. The thing is like a hundred bucks. You get like a Finn Balor statue, you get like these promo cards and shit. And it comes with three exclusive wrestlers, Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Nia Jax. Now, like, I love those dudes, right? Shinsuke mm-hmm. Nakamura looks awesome. Nia Jax looks like somebody made a creator wrestler of Nia Jax. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm like, this this was like 40 bucks extra. What the fuck are you doing here? Like, it's just like so many, I, I feel like some of the game is spot on. Like the gameplay is solid, except for yeah. when it crashes. That sucks dick. But <laughs> Oh yeah, he was like got into a confrontation with somebody oh, outside the ring and they were just staring at each other for five minutes. Yeah. The game was that a, was that an online thing or no. was that just a regular nope. Wow. Um, so you can jump people at the end of the matches now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I grab some guy, smash him in the head with a chair, I bust him open, I give him the finisher. Normally after that you get the screen about like how you did, your performance and your credits. Nope. It just stayed that way for thirty seven minutes until I turned off the PS4. Oh jeez. And it was great because the guy actually got back up and like me and him are just staring at each other with the ref. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it's just taking a minute to do something, right? I went out and got lunch. The nice. only reason I know it was 37 minutes is it was 11.59 when I left. I got nice. back at 12.36. Nice. And it was the same goddamn screen. I'm like, this is the worst SmackDown ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too. commercial. Be- Nothing's changed, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. And that's, a, yeah, like we were talking about, like you can hit people after the fact and walk away, which is cool because then it brings you to your exit or whatever, you know. But you you can also jump people before they get in the ring too, which is awesome. Oh, but yeah. then, I you know, I, I had heard from Mike that he said that you could go backstage, but then we're like trying to go backstage and you get the guy going, ah, walking against, you know, the invisible wall that's not there. And oh, I guess I can't go backstage, I guess. Well, one other, again, design choice, where it's another design thing that sounds great but feels sloppy, is that they made it where, like, you can be hot and cold with the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot make progress towards your belt if you're cold. I have won 37 consecutive matches. doesn't matter. I keep going on. I'm like, let me hit an even 50 and see what happens. 50 wins, and we're still ranked 9 for the tag team titles. And the reason is because I'm cold. I have like 88 fans left, right? You start with like 150,000. I'm down to like a handful. Like all my fans can fit in a bus, right? (laughs) Like, so I look online about like, how do you improve that? Uh, Change up your moves, change up your intro, change your look. Lose some matches. Yeah, like if you're always winning, lose. If you're like, if you win by pin, try submission, try by countout. I have changed my intro, my music, and my moves every six matches now. And you share it too. Yeah, close, intro, music, the whole nine. I am intentionally losing every couple of fights. I win by submission. I'm winning by pin. I am getting counted out, getting DQ'd. I cannot change this meter. And the best advice I saw online was, try starting your career over. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Like, you know, it's like, are you nuts? And it's so odd that winning doesn't matter yeah like yeah like you know first of all like anyone that's like oh what is he speak like duh but the thing is like they always pitch it as like heath slater doesn't get title matches because heath slater wins once every three years you know yeah kane doesn't have the world title from losing 108 matches in a row yeah you know the reason why 
like uh, Rollins had it for nine months is because he didn't lose. Yeah. Yet I do that, and they're like, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> just... Yeah, like uh, the number four contenders. Like, number four tag team contenders got a title match and won it from the tag team champions in my game. I'm like, okay, apparently you don't have to be number one contenders to fight for the belt. Where's our chance? We actually beat the tag team champions five times already. Nothing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, another thing, because, um, like, the, the reason why we got the NXT edition was to play in NXT. So when Dan started his career, he did his first match in NXT. But it wasn't like NXT. It was, like, you know, the, the training thing. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, okay, you're going to WWE. This is why we got the NXT <laughs> edition, so we could play NXT. I win one match, and I'm already a superstar. What? You're already there. He, yeah. The guy told him, oh, it's going to take a lot of hard work and everything. <laughs> one match. Oh, you're going to WWE. Good luck. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah so. Well, it looks like you're the only person that showed up for tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, it's like, I mean, now, all right, so I, I've bitched about this game for about 15 minutes. <laughs> no way. Um, the thing is this, like, I, the only reason it bothers me so much is oh, compared to 2K16, it's a big step backwards. Yeah. Like, they put in new ideas, which is great, but I would almost rather that they didn't mm -hmm. and worked on those ideas for another year. Yeah. You know? And the fact that they don't, they, they got, you know, create a female wrestler, but they don't have female careers. Yeah. That's kind of a letdown. Which, because yeah. they just did, you know, the women's championship. Yeah. So, well, and the, and the fact that women's wrestling is at an all-time high right now, it it's stupid that you wouldn't include that in that game. Well, also because of the fact of there's no fucking recorded dialogue and there's no information like... The fact that they're still going the at the next pay-per-view, you go against him. If that's what you got, like, it's not like, oh, man, now we got to record dialogue for the chicks, too. Because no, you don't. You didn't record dick. Oh, one other quick side note. Paul Heyman does have voice work in this game, but they didn't do all of it, apparently, because in one of the, the backstage things, Paul Heyman comes up to me and he's like, you want me to be your manager? Well, all you have to do is destroy... And then his mouth is still moving, no sound comes out, and he leaves. What do I have to destroy? My opponent? The division? The belt? A pizza? What the fuck do I have to destroy? I'm, Earth I'm, itself. I'm guessing you did something wrong to Mr. McMahon and he's making you pay. Uh, oh, god damn it. Oh, like, even, <laughs> even those? Uh, because, um, what is that organization called that he's in? The Authority? The Authority. The authority challenges are stupid. Still, and a lot of them you can't you can't do it. One of them is like, oh, uh, get your opponent to get DQ'd. Mm -hmm. How? It's a computer thing. You can't you like even if you put something in front of him, he won't pick it up. He'll just yeah. ignore it. You put yeah. you constantly throw things in the ring. The ref's gonna throw them out. It's yep. really hard to get DQs. And there was also something else that you tried to do. One of the authority challenges, it's like, I'm a heel. I'm tagged up with Baron Corbin, who's also a heel. And it's like, Triple H is like, run in and cheer a, a face during his match. Why? <laughs> it's like, put on a four-star match with, uh, you know, with um, Neville and lose. I'm like, lose to Neville? What are you, out of your <laughs> fucking mind? Like, Jesus Christ. No, no, just no. Like, it's... Again, it's so odd 
that they kept... This was another thing that was in 2K16, too. They kept this trivial, random nonsense of mm-hmm. Triple H asking you... Like, uh, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. You remember the kid with the moon door? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's who Triple H is in this game. Like, I want you to bring me pudding! Like, uh, you know, you're rich, but... Pudding or you go through moon door! Like, you know, it's like... Random requests that don't make rhyme or reason for this game that's like telling you all about like you know like oh when you're a WWE superstar it's like don't tell me that shit like you know you never watched wrestling with the way that you made this game you know yeah. it's like yeah. like I would God I would give my left arm to to just be part of this team so I could be like no no <laughs> do not put that in better mm-hmm. let me type it out you go eat lunch I got this like. Just yeah. shit like that, you know, where it's like, I want, like, I was looking forward to this game for like five months mm-hmm. and it was like, a, like, it was like open up a big kick in the dick when I got it <laughs> just because like I said, so much idea, but just no execution, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just like the game feels like Roman Reigns where it's like, you're going to like this. We're going to, no, if you just keep dealing with it long enough, you're going to love this. It's like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't love it because you're giving me garbage and telling me it's greatness. Mm -hmm. Give me greatness. Like, I want the game to be Seth Rollins. I want the game to be Finn Balor. I don't want it to be the Roman Reigns game. Yeah, 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 exactly. This, I'm like, I have like turned teal on 2K16 games. <laughs> you have kicked its candy ass, so to speak. So let's rate it. Um, I'm going to change up our rating for this just because I, I want to go the video game route. Okay. So I'm going to say either we rate it a buy it, we love it, a rent it, you know, rent it and see what you think about it, a play it if, if a buddy's got it because it's not even worth you renting it. Or I will stick with the fuck this game and don't even bother. I, I, all right, I'm going to propose one thing to you for this one, Kurt. Sure. Oh, boy. Here Re- we go. Ready for this one? Push up your nerd glasses. <laughs> Here we yeah. go. Going way inside baseball. How does this yeah. sound? Okay. Instead of buy it, it's a Seth Rollins. It's the best thing that has come along in so long that you must have it. If it's a rented, it's the Miz. <laughs> you want to see what it's like for a couple of weeks? You're gonna check it out. You're gonna keep tuning in, and see how it is, but you're not necessarily gonna sign yourself onto it. If it's a play, it it's a Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> You'll deal with it, but you know it's not coming home with you. It's not that good. <laughs> and if it's a fuck this game, it's the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> Because they nice. released him recently, despite his best efforts of always losing. <laughs> God nice. damn it, am I a nerd? Okay. Right, so anyway. Yes, you. Yes, you fucking are. So I will go first. I. It's funny because when I first played it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't played a wrestling game in so long. It's so much fun." But now that we talk about it more, it's like, you know, if I had a PS4 and I bought this game, I would be pissed. You know, see earlier rant, 30-minute rant from uh, Dan. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I could totally understand where all that kind of comes from. So, I, you know, I would just call it a rent. Like, even like like a red box rent, you know, where it's like even cheaper than if you go to your local video store if you still have those. But, yeah, it's just, 
I don't think it's worth the money. You know, I, I like these games and like say down the road, it, it becomes like one of those platinum hits or whatever the hell you want to call it. And, you know, it ends up being like 15 bucks. Hey, fine, I'll check it out. But like just from all the little things that are missing and all the little bugs that they have in this game, it's it's not worth paying out, shelling out your 60 bucks for it, you know, or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you can get it for. Just even thinking like 30 bucks, it just seems like a lot for this game. Granted, there's a lot of aspects that are cool that that are in this game but again it's you know when you when you see that promo you're like oh my god these guys are gonna they're gonna talk it's gonna be sweet and then you get that dialogue you're like oh that's so dumb you know it's like i just want to hear something you know even if you take something that's old and you like an attitude area uh, era thing where everyone's drawing at each other and they have the exact same stuff i'd rather have that than have this goofy dialogue and you know, even with the artist, the with the weird face thing, it's like okay, we're at this this pinnacle, this next gen, where we're getting VR and shit like that. Why can't we get somebody's fucking face to work? You know, why can't we get a crowd that doesn't look like it's standees that stand up and sit down and stand up and they, you know, and they beep boop beep boop, you know, they kind of <laughs> they. You know, they look very, you know, and then they've got, I understand it takes a long time to make all these different people, but you know what? I don't need the same fat, bald guy, 50 guys in the, you know, in the whole thing. When it's you just, see six kids that look the same in the crowd, you're like, somebody has been busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I would just call it a, a rent because I don't, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's good enough for me to give my hard earned cash to them. No, one quick question. When you said about, like, if they at least had something like the Attitude Era, right? Goldberg is the cover character this year, right? Mm -hmm. Can you think of anything that epitomizes the WCW legacy more than Goldberg? Yeah. Why is there not a legacy mode of the Monday Night Wars? Yeah. Where you're fighting in both WCW. They have old WCW wrestlers on the roster. Yep. Do you know what I can think of? Well, they even have the Monday night. Sorry, no, I'll just I'm just interject for half a second. They even got the intro to the Monday night Nitro WCW thing, where you can make up your own matches. You know, you think you would yeah. go from there. I have a feeling that for some reason there was like a huge fuck up with this game, and I have a feeling that they, you know, they 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 wrote it out, but like, yeah, we're gonna do like the same thing like we do with the other game, where uh, where they show like all the old matches. You know, they showed clips of stuff. Like, I had a feeling that they were going to do this whole big thing with the WCW thing, but then they just forgot it because Uh, the whole... I think because of them ending the NXT and Brock Lesnar, I was like, well, you know, people I'm pretty sure don't care about the WCW. They just want new stuff. I can see see something like that. Yeah, Yeah, or, or it could be something where they did that whole thing, like you said, but then someone said, we don't have the money for this. (laughs) Oh, okay, well, then we'll cut it out. But it's like... I mean, like, uh, like in 2K16, like I said, you do the King of the Ring with Austin, you know, you, you the, the stunning Steve Austin, the, his matches with Bret Hart. They could have done the Monday Night Wars. They could have had it where you do the historic match when Goldberg first wins his title. If it's against Hulk Hogan, then yeah, fine, you don't include that. I get that they're blocking Hogan on this. But, I mean, the, the fact that they could have shown the footage of when Mankind won the title for the first time from uh, The Rock... Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, him celebrating and how that changed the ratings. Like, 
this game would have been the perfect opportunity for even more wrestling history. And it's like, or we'll just skip all that. I wonder yeah. if people were too lazy enough to actually, like, make sure all the footage didn't involve Hulk Hogan. That's probably why they also didn't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, Hulk Hogan was a big thing for WCW, right? Yeah, he, I mean, and, yeah. And then I, for both, yeah. I think that's why it's like, oh, well, like, you know, we gotta make sure nothing of Hulk Hogan reaches this game. And the fact that he was so involved with it, and the stupid thing where it's like, oh, we're just gonna get rid of him because he, he does what basically everyone else does. It's like... But, but even, like, with the No Legacy thing, like, the fact that they have the natural disasters and all these old wrestlers, yeah. nobody's gonna know who the fuck these people are if they yeah, only no. watched it in the last ten years. Yeah. So, I keep interjecting. I'm What's sorry. your rating? <laughs> Let me know yours. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to say, uh, fuck this game for Brooklyn Brawler, because even playing it, I noticed that for some reason, I don't know why, they said it had a better targeting system. But for some reason, I'm facing the guy and I throw a punch and I hit air. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 okay, I'll move a little to the right and I go to hit him. And for some reason, he just automatically goes to, to the side of me. I was like, how? How did he miss that? And, like, you know, he would hit me fine, whatever. And when I go to hit him, I always miss. And it's mm -hmm. so it's so frustrating. And I never had a problem with that in 2K16. Like, mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that the, the wrestling was way better. Like, yeah. the targeting was better. You know, the matches were a little more interesting. But I have to say that my favorite was the the last one on the 360. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to love when we would have the tag team matches to, instead of staying by the side of the ring, I would go around to the other guy and just beat him up to mm -hmm. get his meter down. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when he goes into the ring next, then Dan would take care of him. But for some reason, if you do that, like, the ref stops it. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not allowed to do it. And it's like, I get it, it's, I guess, more realistic, but at the same time, like, it's a video game, you know? Yeah. And you want to have fun playing it, yeah. not with all these restrictions. Yeah. So. Well, and you don't have to have it where the ref does it all the time, you know, because that doesn't happen in the, you know, in wrestling all the time. You could have it where every once in a while, if the guys, if the ref is not facing, you can go around and you can get yeah. that guy. And then when he sees you, then you can go, you know? It's just, I don't know. There's just a lot of things about this. So basically what we're saying is buy 2K16 and play that instead. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like... Uh, so what's yours? All right. So for me, uh, so Kurt, you asked me if this game is worth 60 bucks. No, no, no. It is not worth $60. <laughs> Here's what you do. You take that $60, you put $30 away in the bank. Maybe get the WWE Network for three months. You take that other $30, you get yourself a pizza... With your remaining $20, you go on Amazon, you get 2K16. You eat that pizza while that game is installing. You got 50 gigs to go, it's going to take a few minutes. You play the better game. You go back to where you got punk, you got heart, you got soul. You got a story and a career that matters. Yeah, there's still a little absurdity with the authority requests and all the other shit in the old game, but it is better made. It has, it has feeling when you go through the story, there is the like the Hall of Pain. There's so much more to that game where you'll find out why all this shit matters today. Mm -hmm. You'll see the people that made the trends, why wrestling is still around. Mm -hmm. And you'll enjoy it so much more and have a pizza. Yep. <laughs> 
It makes me think so, of like this game will probably not be as good as I remember, but there was for P I can't remember if it was for PS2 or for PS1, it was WWE SmackDown. It was the first one. Oh yeah. And it was that attitude area area. That attitude <laughs> era. And just everything about the game was was explosive. It was dynamic. It was like that time, you know? And it's like, why can't all of those games have that feel to it? It's it, They just, I think what happens is they get lost in the what can we do new kind of thing. And it's like, you know what? Take the old thing that was working and just, like you said, Dan, just fine tune it and make it into something great. Don't try to make it be like, okay, we're going to make... You know, instead of a pepperoni pizza, we're going to have pepperoni pizza, but we're going to have anchovies on it. Nobody fucking likes that shit. Don't do it. <laughs> Except this is kind of like, you know what? We're going to take that pepperoni pizza. Get the pepperoni off of there. Fuck your cheese. Fuck the sauce. We're stripping it down. Eat bread. <laughs> so you're actually having sex with the pizza? That's weird. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. That's the extra cheese for you. I, I was wondering, so what is your rating then? What is it? This this to me is a is, is a Brooklyn brawler. And it Fuck kills me to say it. Especially I, since you paid $100 for uh, it. Right? But the thing that kills me is I have every goddamn wrestling game. Every WWF, WWE game. I have back to No Mercy and WWF... Uh, like WrestleMania 2000 on the N64. He collects them. I still have pro wrestling for the have Nintendo. All of them. Yeah. yeah. That's Every awesome. like, That's the thing. Like when he got this and after playing it, he was like, "I want to get rid of this. This has this can't be in this house." Yeah. And I felt bad because we spent so much money on it, and I actually made I actually made my character, and it almost looks like me. She looks pretty damn good. And- actually. <laughs> I've only met. Nice. She looks great. Like, yeah. But then, like, we were like, all right, so we really install it. I can play my character a few more times, you know. And then after a while, it's like, okay, so if, and if, if we get bored of it, we'll uninstall it, we'll reinstall 2K16 and just play that. One of the other biggest hurts, no, uh, no Wade Barrett in this game. Oh. Yeah. He left too early. He was taken from us too soon. Nice. <laughs> Sidetrack, I'm surprised we never talked about it. Um, the online wrestling is shit. Oh, so Jesus Christ. Don't even fucking play it. <laughs> Laggy as shit. The The fact that the voice drops halfway through the match. Yeah, and we have really good internet, both of us. So the fact that it dropped and cut out and was just awful. I played multiple matches online against so I have not had one match where the voice stayed through to the end. or like. But the other thing, too, is the, the fact that there's like... You're so this game. The counters are so precise and exact timing, and then you play online and you have to do it like half a second before normal. It's so weird because Minecraft, you can play with other people online and it's fine. And look at that game. You like, can play Call of Duty where it's like thirty-two and thirty-two yeah. bullets flying everywhere, explosions. I'm pretty sure you can totally do Skyrim fine. too. Two people in a ring. Sorry, can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like, so dumb. That's what makes me think that this is just shoddy work. Like. I have a feeling that they legitimately cut corners when making this game. So don't bother people. Don't bother. <laughs> if you if you yeah. want to see how it is, watch people play it like on Twitch or something, but yeah. it's not worth the money. Uh, and on that note, let's talk about some even let's talk about better news. Again, thanks for listening, guys. It's awesome. Thanks to everybody that has been donating to Extra Life. Looks like everybody's gonna hit their goals, which is amazing. We are um I'm going to be releasing 
I don't, this will probably actually be released by the time this comes out. Our uh, 100th, 100th episode. Uh, 100th episode. It's been crazy that this has been going on this long. And if it's if it wasn't for the people like Dan and Kim and all of our fans and the, all the other people that we've had that have uh, made this how it is today, uh, we wouldn't get to this point. So we're going to be releasing. We actually had a live D&D improv. It was super funny. I, I've just been editing it even at work. Just listening to it at work, I've been guffawing and having weird looks at me when I'm, I'm in the lunchroom with headphones on. So it's going to be fun. So look out for that. And there's going to be a lot of other stuff come down the road. So a couple of things that you can do if you want to help us out. Give us a rating on iTunes. Give us a rating on, I don't know, can you rate on Stitcher? I don't know. Tell, tell a friend, tell your grandma, anything else you can do would be great. Also, get on get on the Facebook uh, page, MFGCast. Get on Twitter at MFGCast. Let us know what you think about aesthetics and games. What's your favorite? What's, what's something you would wish they would do without? You know. So let's get into the conversation of that because we'd like to hear from you and see what you think about it because it's cool to talk about it here because it's so easy for us. But... It's nice when we hear from our fans and see what kind of opinions you guys have about it. You know what? Uh, you're talking about the ratings on iTunes? Mm-hmm. So uh, between now and the end of the year, for anyone that rates us on iTunes, I will donate $1 to Extra Life per star they rate, up to a maximum of 50 stars. Nice. <laughs> so uh, so if you want to help out with Extra Life and you're like, ah, well, you know, I'm a little tight on cash, rate us on iTunes. Nice. There you go. Easy way to do it. And that looks like that's a wrap. So until next time, thanks for listening and get your MF game on. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.